Welcome to episode nine of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hello, world. It's Christina. How's everybody doing? Are you falling over there? Did something fall? Uh, no, I just moved my mic around because it was it's <laughs> too close and not too close and just... Leave me alone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I promise. As soon as I heard the crashing noise, I was like, did something fall over there? No, nothing fell. Anyway, <laughs> today we're going to be throwing a little bit of love to the iconic Janet Jackson. So we are back to, yes, another one topic show, guys. So we're just talking all things Janet today. It's going to be awesome. And we are so excited for so many reasons that we're going to get into in just a little bit. But before we really get into today's episode, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod, and you can keep the conversation going with us using the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod if you have any reactions to what we're saying or any suggestions or any additional thoughts of your own. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play and rate our podcast. We can also be found on Podbean and on our WordPress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com. So before we get into our recap and everything, um, first, we just want to thank you guys so much for sending us well wishes and everything as the uh, hurricane came through. Um, as you guys yes. all, all know, Hurricane Florence came through and hit North Carolina really hard. Um, Christine and I were both very, very fortunate. Uh, the hurricane kind of made a last minute turn. And so we didn't get impacted uh, nearly as bad. I know here in Virginia, we didn't get much of anything at all. Yeah. Um, and even where Christina was, I think she lost power for just a little bit, but there was no water damage. Um, we, we have we got, our lives. We've got our right. things. So we're, we're just very fortunate. We just thank you guys for wishing us well and checking on us to make sure that we're all right. We got a lot of rain here in Greensboro. Um, yeah. like, I, like Ty said, our power went out for about two hours, but it came back pretty quickly. Um, I have family in Wilmington, North Carolina, so I'm definitely sending all my love and thoughts out there. I know there are still quite a few road closures in Wilmington and like a lot of people can't get back to the city. Um, so it's they're pretty devastated down there by the coast of North Carolina. Um, so I'm just praying that, you know, everybody, uh, you know, gets back to where they were before Hurricane Florence hits fairly quickly. I I follow a lot of things on Instagram about Wilmington, so I'm seeing that, like, the community is really coming together. There's a lot of places that are, like, not ready to open for business yet, but are opening their doors to feed first responders and help, mm -hmm. you know, feed their neighbors and take care of their neighbors. I saw one place was saying, like, it was like a spa or something, and um, they were giving free showers. So they're like, look, we're not open for business yet, but if you need to come and take a shower uh, with some lights, we've got towels and toiletries and everything, just come by. And we'll get you taken care of. So yeah. um, it's really great to see communities come together. Um, it's beautiful to watch. Uh, I just hate the fact that it has to take a tragedy sometimes to make it happen. Exactly. But uh, Wilmington's a strong city. Um, I love that city. And so I'm praying and giving all my thoughts and hopes to them. Um, my family down there is safe. Everybody's good. Um, a few people still don't have power. But again, they're doing their best and working as hard as they can to try to get Wilmington back to where it was. Um, and the other coastal cities of North Carolina. So, you know, again, thank you so much for all the well wishes and checking up on us and everything. Um, I hope this is going to be the last of it for this hurricane season. And then, you know, the rest of the year will go relatively smoothly. So, um, again, thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it for appreciate everybody that checked up on us. Yeah, absolutely. 
And uh, one more announcement for you guys before we get into the recap. So I remember last episode, we kind of threw it out there and let you guys know that we've got a few more episodes coming up before we're going to go on a holiday break. Um, And so we have kind of pretty much hard decided when we're going to be taking that holiday break. So I am looking at the calendar now. And I believe our last episode is probably going to go up on the 29th. Uh, which will be like right after Thanksgiving. So it's either going to be the 22nd or the 29th, somewhere in that time frame. Mm-hmm. More than likely the 29th, but either way, it's going to be kind of near the end of November. And so from the end of November through early January, we're going to take that time off. Um, a lot of podcasts do kind of step away and it's a great time if you haven't listened to some of our previous episodes for you to be able to go back and catch up on some things. People are really busy. They're doing holiday shopping. Um, and for us, it's not only just a personal thing, but it's also our chance to Make sure that we're planning out some more episodes and planning some awesome things for you guys coming up in 2019. Um, We are noticing a great uptick in people that are listening. We've got people from the UK and from Germany and from Australia listening. Um, Been checking the stats and everything, and that's fantastic. And we've also got a little bit of growth there on our Twitter page. Um, And we'll get a little bit more to how that kind of came about later. But we just thank you guys so much for for tuning in and sticking with us as we're learning and growing and everything. And we want to make sure that we're coming back in 2019 strong. So we do want to take that time to be able to plan and, and get ready for that next season of episodes that we'll have coming for you. I can't wait. We're just we're just going to get continue to get bigger and better from here. And so I can't wait. Uh, I know me and Ty both have some great ideas for the show and where we want to go in the future. So stick with us. We'll be back. I promise. Um, Okay, so what you got for your nostalgia recap today? So first things first, uh, a few episodes ago, we were talking about uh, some of our favorite, you know, nostalgic shows um, and things that we watched in the 90s. I know we did like a a mini Nickelodeon recap and stuff like that. Um, And we've always talked about how much we love Kenan and Kel. Um, Those guys have been a huge part of our lives. We loved them on all that. We loved them on their own show. We loved them on... um, the Good Burger movie, which is still hilarious and will never go out of style. And I can say very proudly and very happily that Kenan Thompson finally won an Emmy. And Yay! it's a long time coming. And he won it. Uh, his award was during the Creative Arts Emmys, which um, I think they aired on like FXX a couple days after the actual award show. But, you know, they announced it, you know, when it happened and stuff like that. Um, and I could not be more happy for him, you know. Tiffany Haddish and Cat Williams won awards and like all these other, you know, a lot of black people won awards this year. I know Regina King got an award and Tandy Newton got one. She was Mm -hmm. so shocked. Um, I was very happy for her. But again, Kenan has been, Kenan and Kel have both been huge parts of our lives for a very, very long time. So to see somebody who I literally grew up watching get an award, like just, it made me so happy. And he's been... He's actually the longest running cast member on SNL. He's been on SNL for 15 years. Um, And I didn't even realize he had been on SNL that long. That's amazing and crazy to me. But he's been on SNL for a very, very long time. He's paid his dues. He's done a lot of work. And he basically won an award for, I guess, creative song or skit or something like that. Um, Yes, it was for Comeback Barack, which is hilarious If you haven't seen Comeback Barack, (laughs) it's like... (laughs) 
this actually ties to nostalgia because it literally looks like a 90s R&B video. They've got like the nice suits on and there's candles lit all over the place. There's even like a song lyric about like we done lit a thousand candles or something like that. Um, it's him and Chance the Rapper and one of the ASAPs, I think. I don't know which one. It's another mm-hmm. rapper. But it's him and Chance the Rapper and somebody else and they're wanting Barack Obama to come back because who doesn't want Barack Obama to come back? Right. Well, I wrote about the whole thing. Um, once I found out that he won the Emmy Award, I had been kind of wanting to write something about Keenan for a while. Um, but once I figured out he won the Emmy, I was like, okay, now's a great time. So I actually, we're going to link to an article that I wrote for Hypable. And so I kind of talk about his career, kind of where his trajectory has gone and why he means so much to us 90s kids. And I have the Comeback Barack video in there too. So we'll make sure we link that for you guys in the show notes so you can check out the video, um, check out my article and just see why we love him and adore him so much. We definitely stand a uh, relatively unproblematic fave. Nobody's unproblematic 100%, but he definitely has been a lot less problematic than some other people. We'll just put it that way. So congratulations to Keenan. We are so, so, so happy for you. So my other thing in Nostalgia Recap, I've just got two more quick things. Um, it is the 29th anniversary of Nickelodeon Guts, which for those of you who don't know which Nickelodeon Guts is, A, where have you been? B, it's basically Nickelodeon's version of like American Gladiator. Um, so basically there are like these different events where kids are competing against each other. Um, and they vary like depending upon what episode it is and whatnot. Um, it's typically always three kids. They've got events and they, um, you know, compete against each other for a certain amount of points. It's always like a hundred points, 200 points, whatever. Um, and so at the end of every episode, they have this thing called the crag and it's basically like this just big, mountain looking thing that's probably like as tall as just like a floor um and you basically have to race up it at the end of the um at the end of the game right and i mean they like throw confetti at you and then there you have to like hit these little buzzers at different parts of uh, uh of the mountain and whatnot and like one throws glitter at you and another one throws like foam boulders at you and then something else happens um, people are always like taking the wrong turn up the mountain, even though yes. it's not that big of a mountain and you just got your little third. Oh, you lost. <laughs> I don't understand either. Um, I don't know. I feel like they might've paid some of them people to like be over dramatic. It's kind of like Legends of the Hidden Temple when they had like the three piece monkey they had to put together. And everybody has and the hardest time with that. And I'm like, it's three pieces. It's not a puzzle. It, like, what it's, are you doing? It's three pieces. It's the feet, <laughs> it's the stomach, and it's the head. How do you mix? How do you put the stomach in first? <laughs> like, right. What? <laughs> Anyways. Um, and it's, it's just a fun show to watch. Um, and, you know, you pick your favorite and you root for them. I want to say... AJ from the Backstreet Boys was on an episode of it. I need to actually go find it. Um, That was actually my friend Angela that uh, I hung out with on the crew. She dressed up as like a kid on the game show. She even made herself like a little crag that like lit up and played music and stuff like that. Um, It's just a fun show Um, back when Nickelodeon had, you know, game shows and stuff like that. And so it's good to see the anniversary of that. I know they bought back Double Dare. Bringing back this would be kind of cool or, you know, Wild and Crazy Kids or anything like that. Yeah. But it's just a fun show. It's fun. You know, another thing to watch. Um, Also, last thing real quick. I just want everybody to remember that Friday is September 21st, which means you've got to crank up the jams and play some Earth, Wind, and Fire. And you got to start with the song September because Friday is September 21st. Because it is. Right. Like, it's just a thing you have to do. I will post it on this 
post a video on the 21st on our Twitter page. So be ready to party and jam. But I just would like to remind everybody that the 21st of September is an Earth, Wind, and Fire holiday, and everybody must observe it. You have to observe it. It is, a, it is a rule of law, as they say in Stranger Things. It is. Still haven't watched Stranger Things. <sighs> it's so good. Well, I've got, I don't know, it was so many things I wanted to do for the recap today. And so I had to like narrow it down to like four quick things. So I'm going to try to run through them really fast so we can get to get to today's topic. But the first thing I saw, um, a lot of things I saw were like Twitter based things is, you know, over the past couple of weeks. So there was this Twitter user that posted these old videos of like uh, JC and Justin from NSYNC and Christina Aguilera when they were all like um, on Disney. And mm-hmm. they were, on Mickey Mouse Club, right? And they were playing, they were singing to songs that you shouldn't be singing on Disney. So like it was like Ryan Gosling, JC, and Justin, and like some other guy who I can't quite place them in the video. The video is a little grainy, of course, because hello nineties. Um, right. But they were singing Jodeci, "Cry for You." And yeah, I remember this video. I'm like, but why are you singing this on Disney? And it's just so funny to see them singing like a Jodeci song and to see how young they were then. And, you know, mm-hmm. the big baggy clothes, like the big baggy linen clothes and everything. Like it's just the 90s of 90s video. Um, and then they had Christina Aguilera singing another sad love song by Tony Braxton. And it's like such a heavy, like adult, adult song. And she's like mm-hmm. 12. And like, just, right. I mean, of course, blowing it out of the water because of course, Christina Aguilera, it's but it's just so funny to see a 12 year old singing that song and, you know, to see like where she's come from since then. And, you know, it makes you realize mm-hmm. like how long these folks have been in the industry. It's crazy. Right. Doing this thing. I know I posted this on the Twitter page, but not everybody might've seen it. So Ryan Gosling and Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys both like had options to basically do the other thing. So, like, Nick Carter had the option to either be in the Backstreet Boys or the Mickey Mouse Club, and he picked being in the Backstreet Boys versus being in the Mickey Mouse Club. And yeah. Ryan Gosling could have been in the Backstreet Boys, but decided to do the Mickey Mouse Club. Um, so it's funny to see that, like, they're... I mean, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC are all around the same age anyway, um, all of those guys. Um, and so it's just funny to see that, like, two people had the same option and took drastically different paths, different paths yeah. um, and where they've ended up. Um, but it's really funny to, like, see Ryan Gosling singing something it's very strange but you know it is what it is it's a fun little video to watch we'll link it in the show notes um it's fun to just see them really really young singing songs that they probably shouldn't sing but you know we were all singing things that like we didn't realize how dirty they were right until we grew up. it's just funny that so. it was on disney <laughs> like it's one thing also to be singing true. it in your room or like in a car or something like that but like they were straight up on disney singing some jodeci and some tony braxton and mary j blige and all that stuff and then it i mean it just also shows how much of an influence uh, Those R&B artists culture, have. yeah, R and B culture has on people and how much of an influence they've had on them, um, yeah. you know, and, and it kind of circles back around to how it is with Janet and how influential she is on everyone. Um, another thing I saw on Twitter was great throwback hashtags. Uh, the first one was in the eighties we, and I love that one so much because there were just a lot of like uh, a track tapes and pictures of like Aquanet hairspray and pictures mm-hmm. of the breakfast club and stuff. I didn't get a chance to really dive into that one too much. Um, I retweeted some of the tweets that I saw out there and I threw out a couple of my own, but um, cause it was really busy that particular day that it was trending, but I love that hashtag so much. So if you guys get a chance, go back through, just check out that hashtag and it's, it's hilarious. Some of the things you'll see in there. 
Um, one hashtag that I did get a chance to jump on um, was the greatest things about the 90s hashtag. And I have been I've been going back and forth and tweeting and, you know, chatting and laughing with people about so many things that we loved about the 90s. It's just really awesome. So uh, people were tweeting about R&B music. I tweeted about like some black movies that I love. People were talking about, you know, it being back in the day before cell phones and showing love to Missy Elliott and Will Smith and just a lot of those 90s icons and stuff. And a lot of people just said, you know, it was the days when I was a kid and. I could just watch cartoons and ride bikes and be carefree. And so it was really cool to see a hashtag trending that wasn't something, you know, so serious or so down or something like that. And a lot of people just had a lot of fun with it. Like as I went through, there were very few tweets that I saw where people were like, you know, being Debbie Downers or like complaining or right. any of that stuff like that. Like people were just having a lot of fun with it. And it really just affirmed to me why it was such a great idea for us to start this podcast, because that's what it's all about. It's about really being able to have those moments of levity, going back, looking back at the past, being able to laugh at it, laugh at yourself, laugh at the way that some things were, and kind of take a little bit of that reprieve from all of the daily things that we get hit with. So I did. I love those hashtags so much. So take a chance when you go through Twitter and just look through those hashtags, retweet a few things. It was really, really good stuff in there. Uh, next thing I have is Space Jam 2 is coming and I'm not a reboot revival person as you guys know but I might be pushing somebody kids out the way to go see it because mm, I love Space maybe. Jam I mean the first one was amazing like I, it's definitely one of the most cheesiest movies you will ever see in your life well at first but. I wasn't really <laughs> completely sold on the reboot I mean I like LeBron I and everything like not. that but now that I hear that like Ryan Coogler's involved Ryan Coogler about to make all the money. Yeah. Now that I heard that he's involved, like, that's 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 my boy right there. So I'm like, yeah. It's, in my eyes, he, he can do no wrong. So I will definitely be in the theaters watching Space Jam 2 with all of the uh, all of the other 90s kids and probably my own children because it's going to be awesome. When does LeBron sleep? Because, like, I don't pay attention to basketball, but I know he's kind of like, you know, the biggest of deals in basketball right now. And, you know, he's got the school that he's helping fund. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's got a voice in that new movie coming out, Smallfoot, um, with, like, Zendaya and uh, Channing Tatum and all those other people. Um, He's a busy guy. He is a busy guy. And I'm like, you're going to do Space Jam, too? Like, that's not a thing that you can, like, he's going to have to take some time off for that. Like, where where does he sleep? (laughs) He's always going and stuff. I really really like LeBron, LeBron, like him and respect him, not only as a ball player, but just, like, off the court too with all the great and positive things oh, yeah. that he's doing again he's one of those people that you never really hear anything you know negative or kind of you know disparaging that he said or anything like that so i do i like lebron i love ryan so i'm gonna be there watching space jam for sure i'll probably go probably more than likely i'm not saying no yet She'll but be i'm also there. not saying yet. christina works at a movie theater y'all so she's seeing like most of the things I can't say all of the things because it's impossible, but you you see it a lot of the things. I see. You might as well. Most of the things, like the good things. I don't. I saw. Uh, made the mistake of wasting my time one day to see Axel. Oh my oh. god, that movie was some kind of awful. It's like they took no. two mediocre movie ideas and mashed them together to make like an awful movie idea. Like just. <laughs> Two mediocres make an awful. Basically. Like, it, it that, was, it that was is just fantastic. bad. Like, I just I need to write that down. I just wanted the, like, the mechanical dog, and then that's it. Like, that's all we could have. You could have just done the movie with just the mechanical dog, and I would have been 
way more interested. But there's, they, oh, were, they were doing entirely too much with that movie. And the, so <laughs> so many moments within like the first half hour, you're just like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> like, just, just none of it makes sense. Um, well, you know, I mean, if they can make Sharknado and stuff like that, then you can make it. If you can make multiple Sharknados, surely there's an idea that I have that can be a movie one day. There's like six of them. Which is, is the stupidest movie concept ever. So, but Space Jam's going to be good. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I feel confident about it. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there and say that it's going to be good. I don't know about a release date or anything yet. I didn't, didn't dig into it that much, but I was just putting it out there in my recap kind of as a feeler. So that way you guys know that it's out there. Um, and my last thing I have is PlayStation is coming out with a new console. It's going to be called the PlayStation Classic. And they're going to upload like... 20 old school games up there so i think it's going to have like a final fantasy tekken 3 um and a whole bunch of other games but it's set to come out on december the 3rd of course it's a christmas is, thing right it's a christmas thing and that's when the original playstation came out back in like 94 mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a nostalgic thing that they've got tied into that release date as well it's really small though it's like if, I feel like it's like almost half the size as the original PlayStation because I saw sense, the picture though. where they posted the original one and the other one, well, you know, which is pretty dope. But like I said, it's got like Final Fantasy, it's got uh, Tekken, it's got a whole bunch of different games that are going to be up there. They say 20 generation defining games. So. It's going to be like the, the NES Classic because it looks like an NES, but it's smaller because all the games are just right. on the computer inside of it. So you don't need like cartridges, you just download them or play them from the actual like console itself. Uh, I still want an NES Classic, maybe. You and me too. I know they were doing the Sega Genesis Mini, um, and that was supposed to come out this year, but it got delayed back to 2019. So it looks like I'll be picking up this PlayStation because I definitely, definitely loved my PlayStation when I was a kid. So I think I'm going to be picking this up for maybe myself, maybe let the kids look at it, but it's going to be mine. I was never really a PlayStation girl. I kind of have always and forever just been a Nintendo kind of person. Which is why, like, I'm saving up to buy me a Switch. Um, Ooh. I really want a Switch. And realistically, like, I need to find some other games that I want. Because really, the only thing that I want to play is Breath of the Wild, the new Legend of... Well, relatively new Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Which, we've all talked about Legend of Zelda and how I've actually never finished one. <laughs> Hopefully this one I will finish. Because I will actually be putting my own money towards it versus, you know, mooching off of my brother. We'll see what happens. You can do it. You're going to finish it this time. I believe in you. You say that now, but you don't realize how much I suck at playing video games. <laughs> I mean, it's not about, it's about the fun of it. Like, I, I don't play it because I'm particularly good at anything. Like, there are a few that, and I've said this before, like, I I was actually pretty good at, like, Cool Borders and um, some other games like that. And I actually do okay with a lot of racing games somehow. Uh-oh. But, you know, can't drop for fighting real. games because I play those in the arcade all the time. So, like... They're going to have Tekken up there. Like, I'm down for that. Racing but, games, I'm the worst at. Like, I, I'm not even going to say that. But, like, I, my driving in video games is awful. Like, I'm always veering just off. Like a, it's like a bumper car. You just bump it from one side off to the like, tracks <laughs> and just I'm always last. Like, I hate racing games. Like, racing games are my least favorite. At least with, like, fighting games, I can mash some buttons and pretend that I'm doing something. And eventually, I will hit somebody. But racing games, like, just. just yeah, no. Racing games just, take no. a lot of, it take a lot of patience and practice and stuff. Like. My husband plays Forza all the time on the Xbox, and that is one that I'm not very good at or whatever. It's just a lot going on. Like, I mean, you're literally, like, managing, like, a fleet of cars and all this stuff like that. Like, it's very, very realistic in that type of way. Mm -hmm. 
and he's good at it and he even like uses like the little you know like the little joystick joint and you know that's how he navigates and stuff like he's that good oh. so but he also spends a lot of time doing that and I, I haven't really had a lot of time to really mess with it like that i don't really do a whole bunch of gaming anymore um outside of me trying to get back into D and got a DD set and really? i'm getting ready to i'm getting ready to draft up a campaign and i'm going to run it with my with my oldest kid genesis um who just turned nine and uh try to get a couple of her friends in there see if my husband will jump in and play with us so i'm intrigued fun. i would love to like i used to play D and like a, a tiny little like micro bit with a group of nerd friends of mine and i always looked right. at it because it's very very complicated but i would love to have like a group of women play D D together um not that i don't not anything against my guy friends because my guy friends are fabulous get like me but um like i would love to play like a D campaign with just a group of women um but I don't really have time to dedicate like one day a week to do so, which is why I right. stopped playing with my guy friends now, because I just don't have like the day to like my schedule changes a lot. Um, so I just don't have the day to commit to it. But I would love to get back to being able to do that. That would be awesome. That would be cool. I'm crossing my fingers. So I joined a group called Geek Girl Brunch and they have a local chapter that they just started uh like a couple of months ago um, here in Virginia where I live at. And we're going to be doing our first like brunch meeting on the 30th of this month. Ooh, that and so I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm hoping I'll be able to like meet some people that I've got some common interests with and stuff like that. And I'm hoping that a couple of them are like D and D girls. So maybe we could try to get together and, you know, form a little group that can get together and play. I know uh, there's a comic shop. It's not my favorite one, but it's a, it's one that's not that far away from my house. It's not the one that I'm loyal to, but right. they do like regular D and D games and stuff. And they're actually really cool there because they do what they call, it's basically like a starter night. Mm -hmm. So it's for people that have little to no experience playing D and D okay. and you have people that have come out there and kind of help you feel your way through and everything. And everybody's just like really light, really easy and stuff like that. You don't feel a whole bunch of pressure to like know everything, know all of the things and know what you're doing and, and all of that stuff. And so that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I've been out to that before, but again, it was mostly like male dominated, um, and, you know, the guys were friendly enough and everything like that. But like you said, I mean, it just, it would be cool to get together with like a group of women and be able to play D&D. &D. I don't know how we started talking about D&D. &D. I think it's, that's my fault, right? Yeah, it is your fault. But it's okay because it's nerdy <laughs> and it's a nostalgia thing because D&D has been out for a while. So, you know, it's on brand. It's on brand. It's on brand. But yeah, so PlayStation Classic is coming out this Christmas. So you might want to add that to your Christmas list. It's going to be on mine. If somebody wants to get it for me, that would be even better. And I appreciate you and love you so much for it. Also, that's all I want. I want somebody that's on my list of things like that PlayStation Classic. And I also want the new Okoye Funko Pop with the wig that comes off. Like the wig flu Okoye, as I call her. Uh, yeah. I, I need those two things I, in my life. I need that as well. But okay, so I have one more thing that I just remembered I forgot. And it's very, very important. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So somebody, a little birdie, sent me a link. I think it was last week. That's why I forgot because it wasn't this week. It was sometime last week that um, there are beginning talks of doing a hercules stage play okay yeah you told me about that because you so i just want to hyping up you're getting put ready. it out there in the universe <laughs> that if anybody knows anything or anybody attached to it or even like adjacently attached to it like somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who's talking about it please get at me because like y'all think i'm joking when i say i want to play a muse but I really like life goal is to play a muse on Broadway in the Hercules stage play. 
Like, I don't even have to be original, a part of the original Broadway cast. Like, it doesn't have to be right now. Because, you know, Hamilton is not the original Broadway cast and they've got, like, all these casts going all over the place. Like, I just want to be a muse in somebody's play at some point before y'all put me six feet under. So, holla at so your girl. So it out there in the universe. Yes. Make it, make it happen. It's on her just, bucket list, her, her, her running list of things that she's been naming since we started the podcast of things that she wants to do. All you little creepy crawlies and stuff like that and people that are listening to the podcast, like, make it happen, like. Get out there, know who you, figure out who you know, see if you know somebody adjacent to this, because I want my name in the hat. And like, I'm so not lying or like joking when I say this. I want to be amused. So, uh, like, there's no definitive plans yet, but there is a conversation being had about it being produced. And I want in. Like, I definitely want in. So, yeah, let's just make that happen. And now we can move on to talk about Tana Jackson. It's going to happen. Like I said, I'm I'm feeling real positive today. I got a positive outlook on everything. You so and me like both. Things that you want, I feel like the things that you want are coming your way. You're attracting good things. This week is going pretty good so far. I'm feeling good about it. So yes. we're, we're going to speak all good and positive things and stuff because this is such a positive and wonderful podcast. And today is particularly positive and wonderful because we are talking about one of the queens of entertainment, Janet Jackson. Your favorite Guys. person's favorite person your favorite exactly. artist favorite artist like exactly fantastic just an absolute wonderful person so um the idea to talk about janet jackson was actually one that christina just kind of randomly texted me and she was like hey <laughs> we should totally do an episode about janet jackson and i'm immediately like okay cool little did we know that when we actually decided to record so we're recording a little late this week um because of everything we've got going on so we're recording on the 19th and that's actually the day that janet jackson's rhythm nation album came out was it 1989 yes we'll go with it yes it is i, I was gonna say i feel like i feel like 89 sounds like a right number to me or whatever so it's really kind of meta and cool that we're recording this on the same day that she released like one of the most iconic albums iconic albums ever. of all time yeah so i mean christina what's just give us some of your general thoughts about why you love Janet, why you think we needed to dedicate an episode to her. Because Janet Jackson is amazing and there is nothing that that woman cannot do. Like, I've been a fan of hers for so long. And, like, she's one of those artists that's just kind of always been there. Like, she's been around technically longer than I've been alive. So, like, you know, my parents are fans of hers. My dad is definitely a big fan of hers because I know him and his wife have gone to a couple of Janet concerts. Um... And of course, I grew up watching back when HBO did concerts because they don't really do them anymore. You know, the Velvet Rope and the All For You tour, they used to play mm-hmm. all the time, like all the time. And just to sit there and watch how elaborate her, sh- first of all, her songs were amazing. Like I loved her music, um, but to just sit there and watch on TV, like how elaborate her shows were and like the choreography right. was dope. The, you know, the dancing was dope. The uh, costumes and the stage setups were amazing. I know for the All For You tour, she had this huge stage. Like, I had been to quite a few shows at the time, but I have never seen an artist with a stage that was just that big um, right. at the time. And, like, the the band was, like, inside a wall. So, like, they weren't, like, out where you could see them. They were, like, in a wall. So she had all this space to dance and, like, all these crazy costumes and stuff like that. And just watching her is an experience in and of itself. Like, you can't you can't sit there and not be in awe of everything. And, you know, she's out there dancing and getting it and, you know, 
no matter how old she is, she is out there just like busting her tail with everybody else she's dancing with and like Right. I mean full on dancing. Not like, you know, skipping from side to side, two stepping and stuff. Like she's dancing dancing hard. Like she was dancing twenty years ago. Exactly. Like she has not changed at all. Like she stayed at the same like and of course she gets better and better every year, but like she maintains a level of excellence that like not a lot of people can achieve. Um, right. You know, she always comes out with videos with like elaborate choreography, like the if video or the all for you video or doesn't really matter, like, or don't stop where like the choreography fits the song so well and like to a enhances everything. And like she has dances that you remember, like, I don't know a person that doesn't know the if choreography. Like, yeah, I mean, you could literally bust out doing it like in the middle of a store. And somebody will probably come up and join you. Right. Like, because you just know it. Like, it's just a part of, it's, it's a part of pop culture history or whatever. It's just something that you just know. Right. Like, I was watching it beforehand and I was like, I know this entire song from the beginning of the song to the very, very end of the song. Like, yep. the entire choreography. And that video is just one of my favorite videos, but we'll get to videos later. And like, also, she is Janet and everybody loves her because she's Janet, but she's also a Jackson. So she's a part of like this musical dynasty that I don't think we've ever seen, nor will we ever see again of just like a gaggle of kids that are just all super talented. Like her brother is Michael Jackson and like, she does not stand in his shadow. Yeah. How amazing do you have to be to be the sister of Janet, of the sister of Michael Jackson and not stand in his shadow. Right. And you know, that's like the first thing I really think about when I think about Janet. I mean, she's born she was born into this family as the baby of just this wildly talented family like excellence and greatness and just pure unadulterated talent is like embedded into their dna absolutely and out of all of these brothers and sisters you have where every single one of them are talented in their own right your brother just happens to be one of the biggest music stars of all time and for janet to really be able to come out of that shadow that was established before her with the Jackson five and with Michael Jackson and to carve out her space in music history as a legend in her own right. It's just, it's absolutely phenomenal. You know, when you talk about Janet and you're talking about and looking at the span and the scope of her career, you got to break it down into eras because she's been through so many of these like really incredible transitions, you know, as a woman and as an artist, you know, we think about the rhythm nation era and there was a certain look and a, and a packaging and, uh, and a type of music and themes and things that she was covering during that era. And then you look at like the Velvet Rope era and there was a certain look and, you know, types of things and themes and things that she was covering during that era. I mean, for you to have that type of longevity that you have to break down your career into eras, it's crazy. Like, cause not everybody gets eras. Like, nope, not everybody gets that chance. Exactly. You know, you look at most people when they sign, not so much now because the nature of record deals continues to change, but like, there's an era where people were getting signed to, you know, seven album deals. Like that's typically, you know, the thing that they do. And like, right. not a lot of people get seven albums. You are lucky if you get three albums. Right. And of those three albums, you're lucky that like one of them is being a hit. But like, you've got the Control album, which is her breakout hit. You've got Rhythm Nation, another breakout hit. You've got Janet, another iconic album. You've got mm-hmm. All For You, another iconic album. You've got the Velvet Rope, I don't think I mentioned that. Another iconic album. 20YO was great right. in and of itself. Just there was another back, one that came after back, that. Back. Demita Joe, 
fantastic. I love Demita Joe. Like, how many artists do you know that have albums where, like, every single one of them knocks? Like, every right. single one of them knocks. And each one of them has their own sound and their own theme, like you were saying. And you're just, like, in it. Like, the entire album draws you in. Right. And it's just like you said about her being, like, your fave's fave. Right. It's so true. Um, you know, and I think the, there's there's so many reasons for that. To me, in my opinion, I think it's because she's really the total package as an entertainer. I mean, because you look at it, she's incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. She can dance her butt off and she has a really versatile voice. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, when they look at kind of that era, especially back in like the 90s and stuff, you know, you had your powerhouse vocalists like your Mariah's and your Whitney's that were definitely, you know, great and, and iconic in their own right. But they weren't natural dancers. Right. So you have Janet that has this you know, this really solid voice that works for so many different types of songs. Right. She can do pop. She can do ballads. She can do a sexy song. She can pretty much do anything that you stick in front of. She can I do mean, rock music I don't even think she's and done, kill it. Yeah, I don't even think she's done country music, but Janet could probably do a country song if she wanted to. She just, she has a voice that just blends and meshes so well with so many different genres. Like, it's impossible to be able to put her into a box. You know, and I think her, I think her impact on entertainment really rivals Michael, in my opinion. It does. Because there isn't a major... There isn't a major American female artist, should I say, that hasn't been influenced by her in some way. Right. Um, like when you talk about her stage, her stages and all of the details and planning and stuff that she put into her tours, you look at Beyonce now. Right. And you could clearly see that influence from Janet about really taking and making a show a true experience. Right. It's not just you up there singing the song. It's you up there right. creating a larger experience. Right. That right. Because I saw B and J a couple of months ago and same thing would be she had this... Um, really big stage that had all of these different like open squares and stuff in the back. Mm -hmm. And that's where her band was. Right. So, I mean, you know, you think about that, that's, that's clearly, you know, some Janet Jackson influence there along with her own, you know, creative ideals and stuff. And then when you look at like how same thing with Beyonce, as far as her videos and stuff, how she kind of makes those videos like a story and an experience and stuff. Janet did that. And, you know, and Janet did that and was also influenced by, you know, Michael, who who also did that. That's kind of like a Jackson thing that they really established, exactly. really making a music video like a true story, a true experience. Like they, they did that before anybody else was really doing anything like that. It also seems like each album kind of like when you look at the videos, each album just kind of has its own color palette, if that makes any sense. Right. Because like if I'm not mistaken, like all the the music videos from Rhythm Nation or like the majority of the music videos from Rhythm Nation black were all white. black and white. Mm-hmm. And then like when the Janet album came out, like a lot of them were like sepia toned and like very earthy colors and stuff like that. And then the all right. new album, like, everything is bright and very bright and colorful, colorful and, and yeah. ridiculous. And like the yeah, velvet rope was very moody. It was like you know, all the videos yeah. are very dark and moody and like highly saturated and stuff like that. Like the girl knows what she's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, she but most people really don't even put that doing. level of thought into it. Like, I mean, they're just outside of like a Beyonce or somebody like that today. I mean, how many artists are really putting that level of thought into it? Not a lot of them. Not a lot. It's, not it's a lot, lot of all. other people putting the, and th- again, there's nothing wrong with having a team, but a lot of people function apart. A lot of artists to me function apart from their team. Like their team is feeding them everything that they need to do versus, you know, the artist being at the top of the pyramid and the team working together in concert with what the artist's vision is. Like there's not a lot of artists that are like that, you know, Janet and Beyonce are definitely at the top of that list, but a lot of them, a lot of artists are basically just doing what their label tells them to do versus, you know, the Janets and the Beyonce's and the Michaels where it's like, this is what we're doing. Right. This is the vision. 
go execute to the best. Right. And that's why she's got that, that precedent set. I mean, like I said, everybody, (laughs) you can't, I mean, you look at like you're Aaliyah and Sierra and Maya, anytime you see them dance, you see Janet. Absolutely. Like you see that clear influence just kind of all over them all together. And even, you know, artists that are kind of outside of like that R&B and black female artist realm, like your Jennifer Lopez and Britney Spears. I mean, pretty much everyone. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't name an artist that's out, that's under the age of 45. You know, I'm a slave for you. Almost could have been a Janet Jackson song. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You look at that whole video or whatever, and you so could have seen Janet doing that. I mean, the the influence is just so wide and stretched. And I think with Janet, I think with her really having so much control of where her career was going and taking the reins and stuff. I mean, that started early on. Mm -hmm. Like when when we kind of think about our favorite eras and albums and stuff like that, like one of my favorite albums is the Control album. And I kind of package Control and Rhythm Nation together. Mm hmm. In my mind, I see Control as her debut album, her true debut, because it was really when she started to come of age she and she finally got from under her father's wing like and started to discover who she was. Two albums know? before that. And right. I don't but know they anybody they who knows that. her. One of them was Dream Street. And, uh, oh my God. There was another one, but I know one of them was name was, name was Dream Street, but they were Janet Jackson albums, but they weren't Janet albums. Right. They just, they were hers, but they weren't hers. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like to me, I see, I see Control as her debut album. Cause like I said, it's a coming age album. Um, you know, she finally got from under her father's wing and started to really discover who she was as an artist and kind of started forming that image outside of her family. So like when I think about like Control and, and Rhythm Nation and stuff like that, to me, it's almost like those are her college years. Yeah. So, you know, that. you grow up, you're, you're, you're with your nuclear family. You've got that strong influence of them as you're growing up and going through your formative years. But then you leave home and you go in, the, you go to college or you go into the military or you move out on your own and go into the working world. You take your path outside of that nuclear influence and you really start to kind of form your own ideas and become influenced by all the different sources in your new environment and discover, you know, all of these different truths about yourself as a woman and about just the world in general. So like, you know, control, when you look at her doing like pleasure principle and nasty and stuff like that, I mean, that's clearly her kind of discovering and kind of awakening in her own sexuality and stuff. And then rhythm nation is really her taking a look at the world around her and reacting to it, you know? Exactly. And that's Very what, a, that's what a young woman, that's what a, that's, yeah, that's what a grown woman does. I mean, she was really coming into her grown womanhood and she, you know, that was when she really started developing and like, refining her signature sound and just doing something that really hadn't been done before and when you think about it you know she's just so confident and and bold and like like i said pleasure principle is like one of my favorite videos because it's just her mm-hmm. in a Getting warehouse it. dancing her butt off and she's so young like she was like 19 or 20 like super young and she looks about the same like she definitely right. looks like an older version of janet jackson but she's still she still has the big cheeks and the like very shy smile and like everything. Like she's oh, she looks amazing. Still that girl. I love it. The Rhythm Nation album is dope. It's got one of my favorite um, Janet Jackson songs, "Black Cat." I actually performed that song when I was mm-hmm. in school studying music performance, uh, and I picked it because yes, it's an R and B song, like in one breath, but at the same time, it's a rock song. And I had a lot of guys that were in my band that you know loved rock music and they listened to it the first time and were like oh this is dope i love it we're gonna kill this and like right it's so crazy that like that song brought all of us together because we were looking for you know something to just kind of 
make everybody really excited. And like as soon as everybody heard it, because a lot of them, you know, weren't really Janet Jackson fans at the time, they were like, oh, right. This I like a lot. Uh, we killed it. Not going to lie. Uh, it was so much fun um, to do and perform with people. And it was cool to just see that song by Janet Jackson bring people together because that's what Janet Jackson music does. It that's what she does. Together. She's got something for everybody. She really does. Like, yeah, I mean, because even with all like the, like you said, with Black Cat and kind of having that rock edge to it and stuff, there were like Rhythm Nation having like that political slant to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she also had these fun and vibrant songs that she kind of mixed in there as well. And it really just showed all the different sides of her as a, you know, as a woman or whatever. Cause like, I love when I think of you, um, I love escapade. Uh, mm-hmm. Like both of those are like on my, like this year's Spotify summer playlist. I, I make a lot of playlists guys. It's the, it's the Ravenclaw in me, but I make a playlist for everything. And so I've always got all these different summer playlists and like those songs are on my summer playlist, like to this day, because they just, when you, They're when you hear them, they fun. just want to make you like let the windows down and they just, they feel good. Like, it's just something about when I think of you or whatever, like as soon as you hear the beat and everything like that, it's just, it's an instant mood booster. It's kind of like the same, All Right and Escapade are kind of like those songs that kind of feel like, uh, going back to our first episode, Summertime, where like, it's a mm-hmm. vibe and you just, you hear, like you said, you hear it and you're like, you're instantly in a much better mood and everything is light and airy and nice and fun and free and all that stuff. Like those are such fun songs, such fun videos, just, the girl's a queen, like, you can say no wrong about her, like, you just cannot say anything wrong about her. Yeah, and I love the All Right video, you know, like, she's got on, like, the the suit, you know, that she's rocking and stuff, mm-hmm. and it's got this really, like, theatrical, musical type of vibe to it, and it has Heavy D. Yes. Which is fantastic. With his, with his red uh, vest on and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I just watched that video a couple of days ago. And again, I mean, Janet looks amazing in it. She's like dancing phenomenally and everything like that. I mean, it would have been really cool. We were really young, you know, mm-hmm. back when, when these albums came out. But it would have really, it would have been cool to be old enough to kind of really get a grasp of it during that time. I wonder if people really woke up and realized that that moment, like, wow this is not just this is not just mj's little sister like she's about to be something big in her own right exactly like she again she does not stand in michael jackson's shadow she stands on her own very tall and very like this is who i am and like i don't want to continue to compare the two of them but like you see so many similarities between the both of them because obviously they're family but at the same time they're like two completely separate entities where right like Michael has his vibe and Janet has her vibe. And it's also great when they come together. Unfortunately, we only got one like actual collaboration out of them, but. But it was fantastic. It was great. And still, I mean, you can't top screen. I mean, it's a crazy video or whatever. Still like one of the most expensive videos that like ever be made or whatever. And I just love that they were just both like giving middle fingers to the world. Pretty much. Like stay out of our business stop pressuring us like they said in the song or whatever like they just talk about how the media is like driving them crazy and stuff like i love that they just came together and like gave like a collective middle finger to like all the people that have been talking trash about them and surgery this and you did this and janet's relationship failed here and all of this stuff that people have been saying about them over the years i love that so much that like it's like dope. it there's is a, super dope there's a show on i believe it was on mtv where it was like I guess a top 10 list of like the most expensive videos ever made. Um, it it was kind of like pop-up video where like they would, it would pop up little facts about the video and stuff like that, but it would literally yeah. 
Um, of course, Scream is at the top of the list because I want to say that video cost $7 million. $7 million. Like, who just yes. got $7 million lying around to make a music video? The Beyonce. Got $7 probably, million. But, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't even think she spent $7 million on a video. On Lemonade, though? Lemonade seems like it, it cost a pretty penny, but neither here nor there. Um, like, it literally would pop up, like, how much things were in the music video. Like, the black vases that he took a tennis ball to were, like, $10,000 a piece. And the guitar he smashed was $20,000. And the art was, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars a piece. And the chair I remember and the that. CGI Yeah, and it was like stuff. a pop-up video thing. And they were just basically showing you how much, like, they just trashed. And I just, I love it all. It's just, it's such a rich people vibe that I can't relate to because I'm a normal person. <laughs> but I'm so glad that they were able to do it. And, and it, you know... That reminds me of that. Uh, it was right after Michael passed away or whatever. And I can't remember which award show it was, but it was when they were doing a tribute and Janet came out. It was and MTV. Danced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like the video, just thinking about it makes me want to cry. But when they had Michael back there on the back screen mm-hmm. and then you have Janet there on the stage and they're doing that, like, you know, really iconic breakdown dance that they were doing in the video and stuff. And just to see like his image up there and to see her on the stage, like yeah. just giving it her all, knowing that she was... She looked like she was about to cry, to be honest. Right. I mean, she was in such a tough place emotionally. I think it really just, I mean, I can't even imagine what it, what it feels like to lose a sibling. I only have one sibling and we're very close or whatever, but for them to have gone through all the things they've gone through and have the really specific experience that they had of Mm -hmm. being child stars and kind of transitioning into into adulthood and stuff and being in the public eye and kind of really having to lean on and depend on each other in a way that we don't have to as normal people. Right. Um, you know, she just had to be in such a fragile emotional state and for her to get up there on the stage and just dance with that, with her brother back there, you know, on that screen, just, it's amazing. You wow. know what was great about that performance? I don't know if you remember this or not, but the people mm-hmm. that were the background dancers for that particular uh, dance, I don't know, because they had done a longer tribute where like they had right. done other, yeah, she came out like towards that. the end. And yeah. that, Scream was the very final song that they basically edited her out of the dance break in the music right. video to have her dance. Um, but right. like all the background dancers for that particular song were other artists that worked with both Janet and Michael. So like Tina, uh, Tina Landon, who has been Janet's longtime choreographer for a while. She did mm-hmm. all of the Velvet Rope stuff and all of, uh, she did If and Everything. Um, was one of the background dancers. Um, who's the guy that used to choreograph for NSYNC? I can't remember what his name is. White guy. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can like see his, like I see his face. His name escapes me. Um, He was one of the background choreographers. Darren Henson um, was one of the, Oh yeah. Was one of the dancers too. Like basically every choreographer that you have seen, like connected to Janet or Michael, mostly Michael was there as one of the background dancers for that. Like not people you don't know, but like actual choreographers that you know were the background dancer for that. And I want to say the white guy whose name I can't remember right now wore like a glove that Michael Jackson gave him or something like that as a part of his outfit. Um, it was just, I mean, but again, something like that, I mean, just like what you said about how they have all the choreographers and stuff there again, that's, that's classic Janet to put that level of thought into a performance like that, you know, even during, even with it being as difficult of a performance, doing a tribute to, you know, your brother that's passed or whatever, she still put that level of thought in there. And people, when she came out on the stage, like people lost it, like Beyonce lost it in uh, in the audience or whatever, like literally the camera panned over to her and you can see her in the video and she's just like dancing and losing her mind or whatever so i mean that just shows you how much people love and and adore janet every time she steps on the stage they know they're going to get something magical but what about so i talked about like control and rhythm nation 
What are some favorite Janet albums that you have? So my number one favorite Janet album ever is probably going to be The Velvet Rope. Um, yeah. Like, just how I was listening to it, actually, as I was cleaning up before the show. Like, that album is perfection from top to bottom. There's not a song on there that I don't like. There is not a song that I skip. Um, it came out um, when I was in high school, I believe. Because I remember, I think I had told this story before, how we danced to a couple of the songs from The Velvet Rope. Uh, we did the song The Velvet Rope and we did I Get Lonely. And for some odd reason, we did Rope Burn. Don't ask me why. I'm not going over yeah. that again. Go listen to another Velvet episode. Velvet Rope was a 90s. was a 90s one. Um, okay, so it might be a little bit older than high school. So probably middle school. But that album. Yeah. Greatness from top to bottom. I want to say like they didn't even have to teach me the choreography to I Get Lonely because I already knew the choreography to That's I Get Lonely because that song goes off. <laughs> right. as you should <laughs> right like that song was amazing i don't know what it is about that song that was just like the stuff back then but i loved that song i love the choreography i love the fact that she had like the suit on and then she just kind of tossed the hat and tossed the jacket and tossed the tie and then the next thing you know she's got a shirt off didn't do that but that <laughs> I video. Was ask, I was like, ah, no, 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 no. I don't didn't... think that was a part of your performance. <laughs> no, 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 no. We didn't do all of that. Uh, no, we kept our clothes on and didn't pretend to even take anything off at the time. But um, it was just that video was iconic. Um, what were some other videos? The Got Till Is Gone video Got is dope. Gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Together Again video was just so much fun. They're out in Africa and they're dancing, and it's just such. A joyful, joyful, joyful song. I love that song. It puts me in a great mood. Um, and she looks like she's just like so free. She does. Like you can just see her her face in the video. She just looks like she's just so stress free and worry free, which is which is so crazy because with that album, um, during that time period, she was going through so much emotional turmoil. She talked about like dealing with like uh, body weight issues mm-hmm. and you know you know kind of dealing with a, a, a anorexia and depression and she had suicidal thoughts and you know and all of that stuff like that so you know again to see her kind of have that that one that moment of levity in that video was great because that was a really difficult time yeah. in her life she dyed her hair you know, red and it was like right i want to say it was like the first time that she had ever dyed her hair because mostly she just is a brunette but like seeing her with red hair was just amazing to me it fit her so much and as somebody who like grew up wanting to dye their hair like i just loved seeing janet jackson with red hair like that was her thing for that album whether it was like all red or like a streak of red or something like that like that was her thing for that album um right loved every minute of it um watching again the hbo special was dope because you just see how theatrical she is uh i remember she used to like bring a guy up on the stage every show Mm -hmm. and like do a lap dance and the guy Oh my God. He'd be losing his mind. Absolutely losing his mind. Actually. Like, Every time. <laughs> I want to say that was the tour that like that, that HBO special, she brought one person up and like he wasn't hype enough. And so she told her dancers to go untie that guy and then go get somebody else. <laughs> and I was like, you've got to feel embarrassed that you got kicked off stage. I know. You don't want to go down in history like that, bro. Like that's not what you want to go down in history for. That's one tour I wish I had been old enough same to like experience like same. i mean we were we were kids so you couldn't like be there because janet was like doing janet you know and we were like yes. kids during that time but velvet rope is definitely on my list too like as a person that's dealt with like depression and suicidal thoughts for pretty much most of my life the album just kind of speaks to me on a personal level and you know 
it was it was interesting to see this because at that time janet she could really do no wrong like i mean yeah. she just kind of placed her on this high pedestal and so it was interesting to see like this larger than life celebrity kind of come down to size and she really humanized herself she really did but you know yeah she really showed us that hey i'm going through things too i'm dealing with body image issues i deal with self-esteem issues and i deal with so many things just like other people so it's like it was like her big therapy session was she like getting a divorce sometime around the time that the development came out like was that happening i feel like that was i could yeah, tell totally i don't know i mean she's always that. had kind of had some you know had the ups and downs with you know with the relationship thing or whatever but i do remember her talking about just feeling unsure of herself, feeling yeah. unsure of her body, which is crazy because it's like, how? <laughs> you look amazing. But again, I mean, that's how we look at her perception from the outside. But she's just like any any other person that has insecurities and issues and stuff, like the average person, you know? Yeah. It just made her seem like a human. And it just felt like it was like a big therapy session for her that kind of helped her go through so many things and just really show her as like a really multifaceted person or whatever. Absolutely. Like, I love the Got Till Is Gone song. I love that. She's got that Joni Mitchell sample in there because that's like one of her biggest influences or whatever. So for her to kind of tie that in and have Q-Tip in there. And I mean, of course, I get lonely. It's impossible to listen to that song one time. It's like a, it's like a potato chip. Like you, you just got to listen to it like more than once. You got to have more than one. It's that song where like you forget you're listening to the song for a minute. And then so you forget that you missed your part. Like your whatever your favorite part of that song. Right. And it's like, oh, I got to oh, like, run that oh, back so I, can, right. so I can make sure I get my phone <laughs> Like, I gotta, I gotta hit the, gotta break it down, break it down, break. Like, you gotta, you gotta do yes. that, and then you gotta you do gotta the snaps with the dance and everything. Like, it's another one of those songs where, like, as soon as you hear it, like, you have to dance to it. Because it's one of those songs that has an iconic dance, and you just can't not do it. Again, potato yeah. chip. You just have to. You got to. You gotta have more than one. I do. I love, I love Velvet Rope. I mean, and I haven't listened to, I listened to some songs off of there here and there, but now that you got me thinking about it, I'm gonna have to go back through and just like let that one ride all the way through. Um, I think the last Janet album that I let kind of just, cause she's got several that you can just let go all the way through okay. was Demita Joe. Demita Joe is so underrated. So underrated. You know, I mean, the whole album is just, uh, it's a mood, it's a vibe, it's, it's, it's all the things. That album is you know, really fun too. Like, it is. She it's just a seems lot of to be... fun stuff up there because she experimented with like she had like some rock, some house music, you know, and then like the normal like pop and R and B that she did. Like, I mean, it's probably her most experimental album. I feel like today. Oh, that's the song that's got that's the album that's got "Don't Stop," which is like if I'm mm -hmm. going to listen to a Janet, I have these days where I go and listen and watch like just all the Janet Jackson videos, and I'm always looking for one that's got like dope choreography and something that's fun. And the Demita Joe album is the one that's got All Night Don't Stop, which is such a fun song. They're in like this warehouse where there's no power. And so they get all these flashlights and start dancing in like this dusty looking warehouse yes. thing. And I love they're that just video. getting it, killing it. Dope choreography, dope lyrics. Just it's a dance song. Like you want to put it on in the club and just like start getting it. And that sounds just so much fun. Right. You know, and it's, it, to me, it's so cool that she named it Demita Joe like right just because you got janet got her yeah got her got, you know, got, got her name Demita up Joe. in there right i was gonna say so that I mean to me i feel like maybe that meant the album really meant something to her and was a personal album and she has said before in a couple of interviews that it's actually the one that she took the longest to record oh wow so she just really took her time and you know put herself into it and like i said before you know she's got all these different genres and stuff like that and to me it's like one of 
it's like one of the sexiest albums. Like, I mean, it she's really got is. like this string of songs. Like, she's got I Want You, Warmth, Moist. Like, I mean, definitely some not suitable for work definitely <laughs> lyrics not. and stuff going on in there. But I mean, wow, if you're trying to feel sexy or bring on the sexy. And again, that's what you love about Janet. Like you said, she can make you dance and make you feel happy and want to let your windows down. But then, you know, she also, has the songs. Yeah, she's also got the songs that, you know, that can make anybody, no you, matter who you are, man, woman, non-binary, whatever, feel sexy, yes. you know? You can definitely, like, create a pretty decent, like, this might sound terrible, but, like, you can make a pretty decent Janet Jackson sex playlist and, like, yes. have enough music to last you for a oh, while. It'd be a, flame, it'd be a flame playlist. That's giving me an idea because, again, I make playlists for <laughs> so many things. So I'm about to, I'm about to make a full on, I'm going to share it with everybody soon. I'm, I'm charging myself to that. I'm going to make a Janet Jackson sex playlist and I'm going to share it with everybody on Twitter. That's going to be it's awesome. Gonna be fan- I make great playlists. So I'm going to share it with you guys and it's going to be fantastic. And it's definitely going to have the Demita Joe songs up there. Cause I mean, like you said, the album is super underrated. And when I think about it, the only reason I could think of why is because it came out like right after all of that Super Bowl foolishness. And so you had like radio stations, you had, Viacom, right. which it was over MTV and VH1, shame on y'all who had just honored her a few years before as an icon that literally turned their back on her and refused to play her videos and radio stations refusing to play her songs. And I feel like that's why the album didn't get the love and appreciation that it deserved. I and think I'm still mad about it. Like, I mean, you could clearly hear that I'm not happy about it, but I'm holding that grudge to the end of time. Uh, so I think this is another reason why I was like, hey, we need to do a Janet Jackson episode. Because one, a couple weeks ago, somebody on Twitter decided to come out of their neck and say Ooh, that, I that. <laughs> Janet Jackson doesn't have like one quintessential hit that like you just know her for. And I'm like, first of all, the reason why she doesn't have like one quintessential hit is because she's got like because 15 of them. Like, so I'm going to need you to go sit down in the corner and shut your mouth. Like just, just sit in your corner and be wrong. Like just, I'm just be you, wrong. These kids, <laughs> born after, these kids born after 2000. It's usually them, not always, but usually they're the suspects in this thing or whatever, because they, they don't respect the greats, man. Right. They think that everything started and ended with Beyonce. And I'm like, no, no, no. We got, let me tell what you you're something. not gonna do is sit here and act like Janet is just like some like random passing artist that was like a one hit or a one album wonder. Like right. that's what you're not gonna do. Right. Excuse not me? on today's internet. Because let me tell you something. Everybody loves Beyonce. Beyonce's great. Don't get me wrong. But it took a lot of time and a lot of effort from a lot of other women for us to get to Beyonce. And in exactly. that line of session, Janet was Janet Jackson. <laughs> exactly. So I need y'all to you know, the again, corner. <laughs> like you said, the the shows and what she puts into her videos, like a lot of that stuff. Janet set the precedent for that. So I'm like, don't, let's not get it twisted. Right. And she didn't even get it twisted because she will quickly tell you that Janet is one of her influences. Exactly. So it's about respecting the people that came before you. And I'm like, you need to put some respect on Janet's name. Yeah, I saw that tweet. So I didn't say anything back because I didn't feel like being confrontational and I didn't want to get my blood pressure up because I'm trying to be cool. But right. I was definitely not not happy to see that at all. I'm like, what you won't do. Like, it's I don't tolerate Janet. Janet and Missy Elliott disrespect. Like, Right. That's at the top of my list of things that just really get under my skin. We're going to get to Janet Jackson and Missy Elliott collaborations because I want to say they've got more than one. I don't yes. know. We'll, we'll we'll come back to that in just a second. But the other reason while I'm on this little tangent and like got my eyes and my face all squinted up is going back to the Super Bowl thing is that uh, the guy that just got ousted from CBS like tried to tank Janet's career after the Super Bowl thing. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone's like, he who yeah. shall not be named. Right. 
we're not even going to give him credence. But like, I know everyone on Twitter was like, yeah, you know, her career never was the same and blah, 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 blah. blah. But I'm like, first of all, that's Janet Jackson and she will always be Janet Jackson and she will always be loved in the hearts and minds of Janet Jackson fans. Like there's not the CEO of CBS cannot tank Janet Jackson's career. Yeah. It might've took a temporary ding, but Janet Jackson is forever and will always be great. And you're going to put some respect on her name. Like try it with somebody else. Not Janet Jackson. Not today. And like, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? These people. A shame. You can't do it. And so this is why I was like, Janet deserves all the love, all the adoration, like all, all the things she deserves. Yes. Like we're going to get back to loving on Janet Jackson now. I'm telling you. So we said all of that to say this, if you haven't, or if Demita Joe kind of flew up under your radar a bit, go listen to that Spotify, wherever it is that you stream your music at, like get on that Demita Joe right now, because it is an album. It's, it's sexy. It's fun. It's got everything in there. Any mood that you feel in uh-huh. is in the Demita Joe album. Like it's definitely, and don't get me wrong. Like I love like, you know, Janet, I love, I mean, pretty much most of her albums or whatever, but I like Demita Joe a lot just for that specific reason, because I do feel like it was so underrated and I feel like she put so much of her, her you know personal self into it or whatever and she had so much fun and then she you know got to be sexy and it's just it's got all of those classic janet sounds kind of wrapped up in one body of work mm-hmm. so does. get that get that get that on your on your list immediately and while you're out listening to it once you finish listening to that then go and watch all the janet jackson videos go watch i get lonely go watch pleasure principle mm-hmm. and just marvel at her creativity and the way that she moves and the concepts that she puts in there and stuff. And we talked about the all right video. Um, I love that's the way love goes too. That video is so much fun. Uh, I mean, as soon as the beat drop, you just, again, you just feel good. Yes, you do. Uh, do you remember a few years? Okay. So we're going to talk about the MTV icon awards a little bit later. Um, but do you remember when they had NSYNC recreate the video for, uh, that's the way love goes i do like yeah they i don't know if it's a set somewhere or something but it looked they killed it it looked just like like the the setup for that and of course you know they put their in sync flow of like you know having a five-part harmony on it so it just sounded beautiful but i thought Mm -hmm. that was an amazing tribute to her to recreate the video they put it on trl for a while as like a legit music video and like people were voting on it and stuff like that to like keep it on the chart for TRL and stuff like that. Right. Uh, so such a great tribute to her to do that song in that way and like literally recreate the video. Like so beautiful. People don't remember. Everybody should. Young J-Lo. Janet Jackson. I mean, J-Lo in the music video. She's the one that mm-hmm. like turns the tape on basically. Um, yeah. Young J-Lo her right dancing in. in the background. Just. So again, like I said, J-Lo. Such a vibe. It's your fave's fave once again. Pretty much everybody loves Janet and if you don't something wrong with you it is like it's so crazy because I know you texted me a couple of days ago and you were asking me like what my favorite Janet video was and I was just like "Eh, I don't know no it's so many like I love Rhythm Nation I love the whole look of that and everything and you know I mean I think Beyonce like dressed like Janet for Halloween one year and everything like that but again I mean just such a iconic look from her and the one cross earring that she had in and stuff I mean her fashion game, her style game is just mm-hmm. off the charts. And to me, that's like where it really started. Like that's the, that's the, 
one of the earliest looks that I can think of. She definitely had looks before then, because I mean, you know, you had like Pleasure Principle and stuff like that or whatever, but that's like one of the first looks that's like, whoa. Right. Like everybody knows that. Everybody recognizes that. Everybody knows that video, remembers that video. And they even know the little breakdown where they come in and you know, they're crossing their arms and doing all the stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I mean, great. And then she's, you know, like miss you much. Love that video. Again, choreography that everybody knows, you know? Right. It's crazy. Like literally, like as soon as you mentioned Miss You Much, here I am singing the chorus in the background. Right, you immediately start like wanting to do it. Like I'm over here, like literally with my hands right. (laughs) (laughs) Just so much fun. It puts you in a vibe, and you're just like, I am Janet Jackson right now. It is, and just when you think you've like named all of them, like all of a sudden you'll go like, I'm sure as soon as we like stop recording the podcast, I'll probably be like, Oh yeah, and there's that video. Oh yeah, we'll probably end up doing a Janet Jackson part two because let's be real, there's so much you can talk about. Um, what's your fate? You said yours is Rhythm Nation, right? Um, mine was kind of a toss up. So pleasure principle, because I mean, yes, I tried the chair thing. No, I did not do it successfully. Uh It was, it was a painful, a painful lesson in me realizing that I'm not Janet Jackson, which is, which is all right. You've got to wear knee pads, man. Like that's, See, that's the gag that people don't tell you is a lot of times these these uh, choreographers and like dancers and stuff like that are wearing knee pads. That you yeah, can't well, she's see. got on the knee pads in the video. Like I know even for um, like the breakdown to scream when they like slam on their knees to get back up, they're wearing knee pads. Like, please, right. please, if you're going to try to do these, please wear protective gear. <laughs> nope. Child me not thinking. Yep. About to be Janet Jackson right now up in the living room and about broke my hip trying to do it. That's Yikes. So... That's why you got to do the safe songs. You got to do like if and everything else. Like you can't, you can't start there. Yeah. But it's like, it's a, it's a toss up between pleasure principle. I get lonely for all the, all the reasons. And I just, I really love all right. Like, I feel like that one, I feel like people know that video, but I feel like it kind of falls up under the radar because most people, you know, think about that's the way love goes and, you know, Mm -hmm. other videos like that. I really like the video that she did too with Missy for Son of a Gun. Oh, that video is so much fun. I love the part it's where they're so dragging much fun. the dude around the floor. She's got like her crop top and her hat and stuff. Like she looks like fly as hell in that video. And then Missy's just like being Missy. Right. And it's just, it's a fun video. I love that video too. I really love the part in that video where they're like dragging the dude across the floor. Throughout <laughs> <laughs> the whole video. <laughs> Oh it God. is so much fun. And then, I mean, with the Carly Simon, you know, sample in there, you know, mm-hmm. that you think the song is about you or whatever. Like, that was that was a dope. Such a fun video. A dope collaboration. And I just love how they love on each other. Like, yeah. Like, getting... Janet Jackson says, like, Missy's one of her close friends. And Missy is just, like, obviously just all into Janet. Like, loves her so, so, so much or whatever. So I love that friendship. I mean, I'm like, two icons just hanging out and Recently... being incredible. Recently, I want to say it was Missy getting an award for something. Right. And Janet presented her with the award at the end. Um, like it was like the Black Music uh, Award or something. She didn't even know Janet was going to be there. Like, I saw Janet's Instagram feed where she was like, we're about to go surprise Missy. Uh, and then, like, she snuck in through the bag and presented Missy with an award. Like, yep. It was the Essence Black music, Black Women in Music, excuse me, award. Yep. How dope do you have to be that Janet Jackson is presenting Jackson you, an you an award? Right. Not like, you I'm giving done. Janet an award, but Janet is giving you an award. I feel like if Janet just like acknowledged that I was alive, that would be a lot for I me. I might pass out. Like, I'm not know. sure about being able, able to handle, handle that. Like if Janet just looked at me and was like, hey, and you know, she didn't say hey like that. She says it like whispery. 
Yeah, I can't talk whispery like that or whatever because my no. voice is is way deeper than Janet's. But if she just like said hey to me, it's like that's it. Okay, life made. Pretty much, pretty much. I'm good. I can retire. I can retire as Janet Jackson acknowledges the fact that like I exist in the world. Like that would right. be life affirming enough. Like that's all I need in life is is that right there. Um, you know what one of my favorite Janet songs is that it wasn't like a mainstream song. It was actually an album cut. Okay, it's anything. On the Velvet Road. Hopefully. And you'll probably have to go back and listen to it and stuff like that. But I really like that song. Because I'm literally looking. Like, she like, has so many, like, like I said, with Demita Joe and, like, Warmth Moist and stuff like that. Like, all of the album cuts, like. Oh, uh, see, that comes after Rope Burn, which is about the time that I stopped listening to the album because there's only three songs left. And really, what else do you need to listen to after Rope Burn? <laughs> you gotta listen. I mean, you gotta experience the whole thing, though. Rope right, Burn that, is, yeah. That's a whole nother. We're not going to get into Rope Burn and all of Janet Jackson's freakiness today. Like we're yes, we're we are we're trying to be a G-rated podcast, so you can't, so right we can't that. go all that far. Oh, we should do like a bonus episode, like a private bonus episode. You can do that on Podbean where you can do like a, 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 a members only episode. We'll do that. Ooh, yeah, we can talk about because I know all the all the songs that are of that ilk. Don't judge me, but I do. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Because those songs are the jam. And I know it's not her song, but what's it going to be? With Busta Rhymes? That video is... The dopest video. You know, again, just like Busta Rhymes, like being super creative genius that he is. Like, I never would have thought that him and Janet would like come together and do a song. And they came together and did it. And it was amazing. I had that on a single, uh, on, on a CD, on a single. And I used mm-hmm. to just like put it on repeat. And just like let it play like over and over and over again. Like I love the instruments and everything in there. Like Buster's rhyming is dope. Yeah. Janet sounds amazing. Again, the video is another iconic look from Janet because she's got on like that Purple that whole leather, leather dress outfit. with all the hooks and stuff on it, and her hair is like kind of like up in this like spiky like ponytail bun style or whatever. That video is way ahead of its time. It like is it really is way ahead of its time. Like the CGI work and everything on that. It looks is, really good. It holds up well. Like you it see does. it now, you're like, dang, this looks good. Like they dropped some. I don't know how much money they spent on that, but they dropped some. They dropped some cash on that for it to look like. That was a dope collaboration. And like realistically, now that I'm thinking about it, like Janet doesn't collaborate a lot, so like she has to really right. like you to be on a song with you. Like I can name maybe five or six songs where it's Janet Jackson and somebody. She really does not. And I, I really hadn't thought about that that much. But you're so right. Like, like I mean, she's got Missy, the Busta song. Busta, she's got the Misty song. She did a Michael, song. Michael, of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't count that. They're family. Um, right. She did a song with J. Cole a few years ago for her album Unbreakable. She did. No um, Sleep. Yeah. That was a really dope song. I love that song a lot. Oh, I love how J. Cole just like fanned out over working with her like every every interview he was in they were like so what was it like to work with Janet he was like oh, oh my god you know like I mean he turned into like a kid or whatever because I mean J. Cole's like our age right. so I mean he grew up listening I'm sure listening to Janet and Janet was just as much a part of his life and his childhood because like you said she's literally been there our entire lives like I mean we don't remember a time without Janet without Janet like my mom grew up watching her as Penny on Good Times like Good she's times. just she's just a part of like black pop culture and just pop culture as a as a as a whole or whatever people love her all around the world is crazy uh-huh. 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 Oh. and then Very she's awesome. got so many like 
good moments too. I know recently she did this interview with the radio station and the guy asked her if she like, basically they were talking about, he was asking her if she knew about like Flame of Hot Cheetos. <laughs> and she just looks at him like, what? And I'm like, you know, you can't ask Janet about no Flame of Hot Cheetos. This woman been rich all her life. Right. You know she ain't. I'm like, oh, to be. Why can't I be rich enough to not know about these ghetto things? Like, <laughs> it's just. Why can't it be me? I, I need to be like Janet, so that way I need to get rich now. So like, 40 years from now, somebody could be interviewing me and stuff, and they ask me about some some hood snack, and I'd be like, what is that? I've never heard of that before. A day in my life, uh-huh. I'm too. I'm too rich. I'm too rich. I haven't. She. You think Janet goes into the store and buys snacks? No. Like Although I did store? see her like at, because I stalk her on Instagram and watch her answer stories a lot. She like <laughs> was at like a food truck for ice cream one day and it was really adorable. She was super excited about this ice cream. Like oh. her and all of her dancers were out there like getting ice cream for this little food truck. And I was like, that is adorable. Like Janet But Jackson it's like the little things though. I think about that like with her and just like the Jacksons period or whatever, you know, particularly her and Michael being the two biggest ones or whatever, how they just, all of those normal things that we do day in and day out, it's just not a part of their experience. Right. Like, I just don't see Janet pulling into like 7-Eleven to like get a slushie or no, getting out the car to pump gas or doing any of that stuff. Right? She probably even drive herself anywhere. Like, I wouldn't. She probably even have a driver's license. Oh man. Now probably I'm just not. Really Janet. Oh. I don't want to drive anymore. I mean, I don't drive now and I don't want to drive. So there's that. Right. Mm. But yeah, you can't ask Jen about no flaming Cheetos. I'm like, shame on y'all. Y'all knew she didn't know what them flaming Cheetos were. You just wanted to laugh at my girl. But, but it, it, it's all good. It's all right. good. She she probably took it in fun. I saw an interview she did recently with the radio station, um, and they were asking her about Tupac because I want to say the anniversary of Tupac's death was just recently. It was okay. So they were asking her about that, and um, she was talking about her time working with him on Poetic Justice, and she was talking about how like you know she really missed Pac and everything. And uh, she was talking about how Tupac used to call her square. I'm sure. Because she didn't do anything. Like, uh, yeah. You know, drinking <laughs> and no being crazy and stuff like that. And I want to say she was talking about how he got the thug life tattoo while he was shooting Poetic Justice. And he was like flaunting his tattoo with her and stuff like that. And he was like, you really did that? And he's like, yeah. Like, of course I did. <laughs> like, what did I you mean, think? There couldn't be two more opposite people. Right. That would be a fun and I love poetic justice. Oh my god! Oh, I probably could quote it like word for word. That's probably one of my favorite. Like as far as Janet as an actress, that's probably one of my favorite favorite performances of her. Of course, like I mean, I remember seeing like the reruns of Good Times and seeing mm-hmm. her as uh, you know, as Penny and everything like that. But I do, I love poetic justice so much. I really love seeing her and um, she was in for Colored Girls, right? Like I'm not imagining that. I don't think so i feel like she was in for colored girls because i want to say like her husband in that movie gave her aids um hold please yeah i don't know i don't maybe she was there yes, was a lot was. of people she was she was for colored girls yeah i don't know when i whenever i think about for colored girls i immediately just think about like all of the other terrible horrible things that happen in there like for some reason her story just gets lost in my so brain so i've seen so that many- movie this is a side note. I've seen that movie one time and one time only because I right. refuse to sit there and watch that scene where he drops the babies out of the window. Right. Yeah. See, that's why I probably, that's why I couldn't really remember because I'm like, um, <laughs> I, that's, that's one of those things that you do. You see it one time and you get it out the way. Like that's kind of how it was with fences. Like that movie just really got to me 
like deep, deep emotionally or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I can't go through that emotional, emotional stuff again. Oh, uh, I, I can't. I cannot. So I'm good. You know, Colored Girls, good movie. But I, after that, I was like, oh, one time is good enough. Um, I really enjoyed triggering. her in uh, Why Did I Get Married? Well, and Why Did I Get Married One and Two? I really wish, like, a, a little piece of me, like, I know this is terrible, but I really wish they would do a three just so I can see her and The Rock together on the big screen. That's all I need in my life. Yes, the end of that set up quite the intrigue. I was right. like, hmm, like, why am I, like I not that. getting a third one? Why? Like, just so I can see The Rock and Jane and Jackson on the big screen yeah. together. You can like, just put all the other people on me. You they, they don't even have to really be in there. The movie could just be about them. To be I'd honest. be okay with this. I would be perfectly okay with a Janet and the Rock movie. Like somebody can get that going right right away. Janet really hasn't done a whole lot of a whole lot of acting though. She really hasn't. But what she has done has actually been enjoyable. Right. But I think that she, act. you know, again, I think that she's one of those people that just kind of knows where her lane is, where her passion is, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's with performing. It's with being on stage. It's with doing music. It's with philanthropy and everything like that because she's always been so you know such a big advocate for people that are less fortunate have less than her and the lgbtqia community and you know everyone so i mean it's just i don't see how you cannot like janet if you don't you just uh i mean you know i know everybody's got their preferences and stuff but to me i just feel like if you don't like janet in some capacity you're just a hater like i mean she just seems like the sweetest person ever you've never heard about her like you know starting anything with anybody like she comes out she does her music and then she goes back to her life and like just minds her business you know like she really does mind her business because nobody knew that she had gotten a divorce from the second guy she was married to until she she got married and you didn't know she got divorced and you didn't know like i mean yeah jenna was just doing her own thing the second guy something renee i think renee Renee. uh elizondo okay yeah you didn't know that she was married to that guy until she got a divorce from that guy. Like, that's how exactly. secretive she is. It's like, oh, y'all are getting a divorce? Y'all are married? Like, what? Janet exactly. Jackson. She, exactly. She puts everything on the album and then she disappears. She's like, don't stay in my business. But her son is adorable. He is. He's so cute or whatever. And again, I mean, I think that's with her having a son at 50 and just kind of redefining or coming up with her own definition, really, of what it looks like to to be a mom. Because a lot of people wanted to counter out, oh, she's too old to have kids and all this stuff like that. But her doing things on her own timetable. She's like, you know, look, I've been spending all of this time, you know, pretty much my whole life on the stage, entertaining people, building things. She wanted a child. She wanted a, she wanted a, you know, what she felt like was a family or whatever. And so she did it on her own time and didn't care. Dropped the weight, got right back on, on the stage and been rocking and rolling ever since then. Like she hadn't missed a beat. You know, she really hasn't divorced that guy too. Like she married, she wasn't married a billionaire. Like what? Right. I mean, but that's the thing. And for her to actually have the, you know, I mean, I know people can say what they want to say and kind of judge people for having multiple marriages or relationships and stuff. But I mean, like coming from the perspective of a person that's married and that's been in a long-term relationship, like it ain't easy. Um, And, you know, I'm sure to sure that amplifies when you're a international celebrity and when there is a lot of money involved and when there's uh, two people that are very, very busy and doing a whole bunch of stuff or whatever. And for her to just have the wherewithal about her to know when something's not working and something's not healthy for her. And she talked about this a whole lot. I think she did an interview with 
I want to say it was Essence or Ebony, one of those. I feel like it was Essence that she did the interview with and was talking about just recognizing that she was in an unhealthy relationship in her latest marriage or whatever and making that decision to walk away. You know, and this time it really being the stakes being so much higher because she's got a small child and it's a lot harder to walk away from a relationship when you've got kids with a person, you know. But for her to just kind of be to confidently walk away from that and to put herself first and put her kid first. I mean, you know, again, just woman goals like absolutely janet is like the quintessential like looking out for myself person not like in a selfish way but just like making sure that she is taken care of and her vision gets seen and right you know i mean that's the kind of confidence that you wish you could just bottle up and give to everybody absolutely like Like, i just want to bottle up her confidence and just pass it around like that level of confidence is just is absolutely crazy and uh you know, I just, I want all the Janet Jackson tributes, like just more of them, more mm-hmm. of them while she's still here. Yes. You know, I was thinking about that a couple of nights ago. I was uh, perusing through YouTube and was watching some of the Aretha um, tributes and stuff like that. And I'm like, we should have got more of those while Aretha was still here. Absolutely. And Janet Jackson is a, a living legend, uh, an icon, the queen of entertainment, without a doubt. And we need to honor her more while she's still here. Absolutely. Um, because we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. And the, the tributes that we've done to her already have been so great. And the ones that, you know, have kind of come up over the years have been great. But any chance that you get to honor her or present her with an award, do it. Please do so. Please give her all of the awards because she deserves them. Seeing her get the, uh, you know, Lifetime Achievement Award. At, was it the Billboard Awards this year? Mm-hmm. That was dope. Um, I low-key wish MTV puts the MTV icon thing that they did back on oh, TV. I love that. That was amazing. I wish they would have kept loved doing it. that, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, really I loved it because Aaliyah it. was the one that announced the performance. And that was before, right before she passed. Yeah. Like a year or so before she passed. Or it might have been the same year. Um, and then you had Maya that got up there and did Pleasure Principle and did her thing. And again, I mean, Maya clearly, clearly influenced by you know, by Janet and, you know, her powerful image and stuff like that. You had Usher, who's also, you know, said that Janet was one of his biggest influences, um, not only as a singer, but as a dancer. Um, Him just kind of studying her and and setting her moves and how she moves across the stage and how she puts on a performance. And I've seen Usher live too. And again, really interested, really intricate stage, you know, stage presence and, you know, all these different things going on or whatever, and just really creating that experience and stuff for you. And who else was it? Pink, right? Uh Mm-hmm. You know, and again, yep. I mean, somebody else that is an incredible there, stage performer, you know. And recreated her videos and absolutely, totally killed they it. They killed it. Like, I, we'll link that if you've never seen it in the notes and stuff like that so you can see it because that was amazing. My favorite part of that was when she came out and did, uh, I want to say she did All For You. Um, and she was, do- so if you've ever seen the music video for All For You, mm-hmm. um, she basically wore that outfit in all white. Yeah. Um, while she did that song. And then all of her dancers were wearing like the outfits from other iconic videos in all white. So you had a person in the screen, like tight leather pants with the like spiky shirt. You had somebody right. in the if outfit. You had somebody like literally all the iconic outfits that you could think of for Janet Jackson. Like they were all wearing those outfits in white. And it took me a while to figure out what was going on because I was right. looking at the outfits and I was like, wait a minute, that outfit looks very familiar. And then you start to realize that like they're iconic outfits from Janet Jackson videos all in white while she's performing in another outfit from another iconic video all in white. Like it was just, that show was perfect. I wish MTV would have kept doing them. They did one for Metallica. 
right. later, and they did. I want to say Aerosmith was first. They only did I think the they three. were. They only yeah, did the they only did like three, right? Those uh, were the three, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. But I thought it was a really great idea to like pick one artist and do just like a tribute to them. So I wish MTV would have done those more. But I'm so happy that we got the Janet one because the Janet one was just yes, Janet deserves. That's that's it. Deserves all of it, all of the things. Just give just give Janet her things, please. Like just do it. I know she's coming out with another album. I can't wait. Um, I wish that I caught her on the State of the World tour. Hopefully there will be more, many more tours because I know Janet Jackson is not done. There's no way. No, she she's be. not done. I'm she crossing my fingers. I ended up having, um, being out of town. She came up here like right where I was um, to Norfolk. Um, and she, I ended up being out of town and everything and wasn't able to catch her and had a bunch of other things going on and stuff like that. But I definitely got to catch her. Definitely got to catch her next time she comes around. Because we can make it a group trip. We can make we can definitely make that a group trip. That is worth getting together with the with the friends and and doing it or whatever. Because I mean it's it's Janet, man. I mean, epic videos, epic songs, great albums, great eras. Somebody that seems like she's just you know still incredibly humble and grounded, and it's just you know truly like walking and living in her purpose, getting her vision out there and stuff like that, and really defining a generation like mm-hmm. how awesome is it that we're living at the same time as janet we're not worthy we're not worthy of the greatness we're not we're, we're not worthy not. we're not worthy of the greatness so all praises to janet demita joe jackson if it i don't we don't care what born after 2000s twitter saying you're an icon you're a legend and we love Janet. So, yeah, anything else you want to add to the Janet conversation? I just want people to stop being loud and wrong about Janet on the internet. Not getting on my nerves. Janet Jackson is great. She's amazing. Christina is very angry about this. I mean, <laughs> I, I, too, so, I too am, am a little miffed I'm about more it. so pity lie. those people because it's like, you just don't know the greatness that is Janet Jackson. And I feel sad because your life would be so much better if you had Janet Jackson music in your life. So, like, again, go to your title or your Apple Music, go to YouTube, type in Janet Jackson, watch all her videos, like, do the thing. I do that often. I do that often where I go to YouTube and watch all the Janet videos, which I do. typically I go down ends a, up... go down a rabbit hole. Pretty much. Which typically ends up the last Janet Jackson video I watch is Scream, and then once I watch Scream, then I have to watch every Michael Jackson video. And two hours of my life is over... And the next thing you know, I'm in a much better mood than I was two hours before. Like, just enrich your life. I'm exactly. doing you a favor. Just enrich your life. And I'm serious about that playlist. I'm going to do it. I'm going to start working on it. Not tonight. But I'm going to start working on it tomorrow. I, hopefully, I'll be able to get it up. Not saying I'm going to be able to get it up before the end of the week because it's kind of crazy. But as soon as I can get it up to you guys, I'm going to let you guys know. Yes. But let us know what you guys think about Janet. Um, we will not tolerate any Janet slander. I personally will block you. But yes, if you have kind well. things to say about Janet, good, positive things to say about her, please let us know on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Nostalgia Mix Pod. Um, make sure you're using that hashtag too. Hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod. Keep the conversation going about Janet. Let us know what your favorite videos are, your favorite looks, your favorite songs anything that janet has done recently that you really really love just let us know all the good and happy thoughts that you have about janet let's just show janet a lot of love on on the social media outlets so that is all we have for you guys today and we will be coming back at you with another episode before you know it whoop whoop
Janet, we love you. Yeah. So you guys take care. Be well. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure that you're rating us on uh, iTunes and make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast so that you're getting all of the new episodes and everything. Check us out on the socials and we look forward to interacting with you guys and we will see you next time. Say bye.